Hey, fellow cycling family and friends, I just want to tell you how gorgeous you are today, and I hope you have the most amazing week. Now, it's December, and I hope you have your gear list ready and sent off to Santa. Your women, this is totally for you. The four-week cycling skills workshop benefits all women. These skills can be implemented immediately on the bike and trainer, cycling outside, indoor cycling, on a spin bike or peloton. All your current frustrations and questions will be answered guaranteed. If you're interested in joining me, don't wait another moment. With this link, you can get started at the beginning of each month. I know you're trying to decide whether or not to check out the four week cycling skills workshop for women, but I don't blame you. There are so many other online cycling training platforms that offer cycling routes and training sessions, but they're but here's what makes my four-week cycling skills workshop different. First of all, it's taught by someone who's not just starting out, but actually has is pretty experienced. I've been working with free clients in my cycling club, Cyclefit Chicks, all the way to Canadian national female cyclists. And I continuously update my coaching tactics to help beginner to advanced cyclists level up with these cycling techniques hardly anyone is talking about. Secondly, the four-week cycling skills workshop for women is so much more. A lot of times there are online cycling training programs that teach you how to train intensely but don't, don't but actually don't help you develop the fundamental cycling skills and techniques such as gear management, hill climbing, strength, power and speed, and nutritional timing in order to effectively become a faster, fitter, and more efficient cyclist and well-rounded athlete. And also, there are very few courses about cycling that actually teach you how to develop a smooth, efficient pedal stroke. The four-week cycling skills workshop for women aims to fill both these gaps in the cycling in cycling training, not to mention the workshop provides the recordings of the explanations, demonstrations, plus homework. In addition, you will gain access to a library of over 100 strength training workouts to help you level up, and that is all on top of the core curriculum you already get when you join the workshop. So it's safe to say I'm delivering incredible results coaching over a thousand female cyclists through my cycling club and now it's even more exciting to impact more female cyclists globally through my four-week cycling skills workshop for women. You can't go wrong when you join a workshop developed by women for women. It's time to level up and remove the frustrations. So if you're ready to join, just click the link that you see and secure your spot today in one of the next four-week cycling skills workshops for women's sessions. Now, before the new year, with um, this amazing deal, a 25 25% off until December 31st. Limited spots available. Don't wait another minute. Click the link and roll today, and I can't wait to see you on the inside. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. 
I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou, sitting in beautiful Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. Still no snow, I have to report here. Um, but we have I have a really cool guest here today, Catherine Manning. She's sitting in New York, somewhere in New York, I think you said? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Okay. Close. <laughs> Close. Um, but the thing about Catherine, she doesn't have a cycling background, but what her expertise are really about wrapped around trauma and victimization. So we're going to we're going to be really talking about the trauma part, because as per families, you know, I we might all know somebody who's lost a life in a cycling uh, accident or event or other topics I was thinking of is losing a teammate, like pro level uh, athletes, teams, and what happens when they lose a teammate to an accident, like a traumatic accident, a cycling accident. And I can think of a couple. So for myself, I knew a really good friend of mine who lost her life um in a cycling accident and you know and also there have been really uh you know dramatic things happening within teams that have have lost teammates so Catherine um has spent the past 24 years training and consulting on issues of trauma and victimization including 25 years as a senior attorney advisor on victims rights in the U.S. Department of Justice Now she helps organizations prepare for and respond to the challenges they face involving employees and clients in crisis. So, you know, we're taking her expertise and we're really drawing it into something specific. Um, She's also the author of The Empathetic Workplace, which shares her proven five-step methods for preparing and responding to trauma. She also has on her website, katherinemanning.com. She has multiple articles in there. So I highly recommend going to check those out. And she has a podcast that you can find on your favorite platform, The Empathetic Workplace. So welcome, Catherine, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sylvie. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, such a pleasure. I know we, I know this is kind of like a sad topic, but I know we're going to put a good spin on it at the end, but there's always, um, you know, it, it is one of those things like how to deal with a traumatic experience. Now we're taking it to cycling and she's going to give us our, her expertise on that, but we all know that trauma can come in multiple other ways. Like, um, you know, a family losing a member to, you know, accidents. Um, what other traumatic, like yours is more in the workplace. Can you give us a couple examples that you will take you there and then we'll take it um, to where we're going to go, but talk to us about your 
expertise in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, I've worked with crime victims for a really long time. And so I was okay. working with victims of domestic violence and human trafficking and fraud and terrorism, kind of wow. every, every type of crime under the sun. But one of the things I started to realize is I wasn't using different skills to support a victim of identity theft than to support a victim of domestic violence, for instance. Mm. And then I started to realize I was using those same skills to support a coworker who was furious about the way his boss had belittled him in a meeting or another coworker whose father was dying. And I began mm. to realize that when we are in trauma, we need the same things. Everybody's story right. is unique, right? Everybody's story of trauma is personal to them and their experience mm -hmm. is personal. But the way we support people in trauma is pretty much the same across the board. Um, and it doesn't matter what the cause of that trauma is. So certainly over the last year and a half, we've seen a lot in this world of trauma. Right. COVID and political unrest and economic uncertainty and everything under the sun. Um, and the way that we support each other through those experiences is really the same thing that I've been doing for 20 plus years in supporting crime victims. And that's why I'm so excited to be talking with your audience, because I know that a lot of people have seen that in their communities and in their lives. I mean, there have been mm -hmm some pretty horrific incidents involving um, cycling accidents and other mm -hmm. types of um, pretty awful experiences that people have probably encountered in their communities and on their teams and their in their workplaces and their communities of worship. Um, and I think the thing that can be challenging around it is um, we may recognize that somebody is having a hard time, but we're not entirely sure what to say. And so that's what, where I come in <laughs> is helping yeah. both why it's hard and then what are the things we can do to feel more confident and show up better for each other in those moments. Oh my God, how about we just start talking about that? <laughs> because I know like, you know, um, without tr breaking down, <laughs> I get so sentimental when you think about things of, um, you know, people that's happened to us, but it is, it's like, how do you support a friend um, when all you want to do is ball your eyes out for them? <laughs> really? That's not a supporting. <laughs> so, well, what do you do in that? Cause like, uh, I'm actually going to see my girlfriend who lost her son in a car accident like a month ago. Yeah. So you better start talking. So I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. so, so how do you do, how do, and that, you know, that, that just goes into like, we were talking about like cycling accidents. Um, and I know I had a friend, um, everybody's probably has a friend or knows somebody, but so how do you, how do you deal with that? And how do you, what do you, yeah. Just so, take it away, Catherine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start. One is, um, let me just explain when I use the word trauma, I'm not mm -hmm. a psychologist, I'm a lawyer. Um, so I'm not, I'm not talking about like the DSM, whatever <laughs> definition of trauma. When I say trauma, I mean a psychological injury that affects our performance, that affects our ability mm. to go through okay. our daily activities and, and do the things that we need to do every day. Um, I spoke with a 
an expert not too long ago who said that she thought that probably 50% of the adult population is walking around with unaddressed trauma because of all of the myriad things we go through in our lives, the loss of loved ones, our own personal illnesses, um, bankruptcy, divorce, addiction, all of the things that we deal with. And all of those are kind of evergreen issues. You know, on top of that, we have, as we mentioned earlier, all of the new challenges that we've faced over the last year and a half, almost two years. So trauma is a lot more prevalent than I think most people realize. Um, and then I think it's useful also to understand how trauma affects us. Um, so just, again, I'm not a psychologist, but very high level overview of trauma in the brain. There's a thing, there's a part of our brain that's called the amygdala that's always kind of scanning the environment and trying to figure out if we're in danger in any way. And when it senses a danger, it does a couple of things automatically. One is that it um, gives us a surge of adrenaline in case we need to like mm -hmm. fight off a bear or go run away or something. <laughs> this is your fight or flight. This yeah, is what you're exactly. talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fight or flight. Yeah, uh -huh. and then the <laughs> fight or thing. run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most of us run. <laughs> yeah. Um, then the other thing is um, the parts of the brain that are less useful to fight or flight get dialed down just a little. Bit. And most mm -hmm. importantly, the part of your brain that's associated with complex thinking and decision making just gets dialed down a little bit because our, you know, brains are reasoning like right now I don't need to read a spreadsheet, I need to run. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like dial down those parts so that I can focus on getting more blood into my um, muscles and, and, you know, oxygen into my bloodstream, right? So those things happen automatically. And then the other thing to understand about how our brains work is that we are hardwired for empathy. When I see somebody who is laughing really hard, I might start to laugh, even if I have no idea what yeah. she's laughing about. Um, but similarly, if I see somebody who's really in distress, that feeling is also contagious. I feel a little bit of that distress, yeah. you know, and I get that same response, that little bit of flood of adrenaline and suppression of my complex thinking. It makes it hard for me to think of what to say. So when we see somebody who is like yelling or um, somebody who's really, really sobbing, very upset, they're elevated in some way, we can get that like, oh God, I can't think of a single thing to say right now. <laughs> and it's not <laughs> we're terrible people it's because we are human we're empathetic that's just the way we're built so i think all of that helps to just understand that it's not um it's normal to kind of struggle with what to say in those moments um but that's why i came up with these five steps and i even came up with an acronym for them which i did Ooh. in part because i spent so many years as a government lawyer that i just think in acronyms <laughs> but <Yes>. also <laughs> but also because i know that when we're you know having that brain freeze reaction it helps to have a little bit of a map to follow so the five steps are listen mm -hmm acknowledge, share, empower, and return. So what was the first one? Listen. Oh, listen. Okay. I thought yeah. I heard lips and I'm like, that's oh. a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the acronym is laser. And I like to say it's to help you stay oh. focused on the person and what they need. Um, right. So the first two steps, those listen and acknowledge are the ones that you are going to be most useful in particular where it's not a workplace, it's more your friend. 
um, or maybe your teammate, somebody in your, your neighbor and somebody in your community. If you can just get even those first two steps down, it's really going to help. So listen means um, literally, you know, let them talk. But also I say active listening means creating an environment where they feel comfortable talking making it okay for them to open up. So just asking open-ended questions like, how's it going? What's been going on with your husband? How are things um, around the house? What, you know, just specific open-ended questions just to talk. Um, Also, as we're listening, we have to manage our own response because like you said, sometimes what we hear is really hard (laughs) and we don't want to, you know, pull focus. Like if I start to cry or I start to get really upset, (laughs) right, then they're suddenly comforting me and that's not... Yeah, that's not the point, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. A few Mm -hmm. things. I mean, these are hard won tips for me in doing a lot of this work, like the things that help me to stay kind of, you know. Yes. How do you stay focused, Catherine? Like, oh my gosh. I know it's hard. So, number one, take a deep breath. Um, You know, deep breath. I like to do in for a count of four, hold for a count of four, release for a count of six is what I like to do. Um, But Mm. There's a lot of studies that show deep, slow breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, increases your brain function, slows down your um, stress response. It just really, really can help a lot. So always take a deep breath. Um, Another thing is just name your feeling. Naming your feeling can help you feel more in control of it. So just acknowledging, wow, I'm getting really sad. This is really hard right now. Or I'm getting really angry about everything that she's saying or whatever it is, just acknowledging it to yourself can really help you feel in control. And then the third is um, engage one of your senses. So your sight, um, for instance, looking outside, um, what color are the trees? Or um, noticing that you smell coffee from the next room or putting your hand around your mug and noticing is it warm or is it cold, right? Just one of the things. Yeah, where you're engaging one of your senses. And I think why that works is that um, when that amygdala that I talked about earlier that gives us that fight, flight, freeze kind of response, um, our amygdala is really good at taking steps to protect us when we're in physical danger, but it's really bad at telling when we're in physical danger. <laughs> so we st- it starts pumping out adrenaline when we don't actually need it. Um, so mm. what we can do, and un- unfortunately we can't just tell it, I'm actually fine right now. <laughs> so you have to show it. And the way you can show it is, look, I'm just sitting here um, having a cup of coffee with my friend. Um, I'm actually fine and safe. There's not a bear chasing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> So then those are the listening steps. And I go into, I should say, Sylvia, I go a lot more detail um, on Mm -hmm. all of this in the book, but just a little bit of an overview. And then the next one I really want people to remember is the step of acknowledge, which is one that I think a lot of people miss. So we do a great job of sitting and listening actively and being present for the person. And then as soon as they finish, we want to go to, oh my God, I have just the book for you to read or the person for you to talk to, or I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, set up a meal train or something for you. Oh, okay. Right to solutions. But before we do that, we have to acknowledge what they've shared with us. Right. Just saying, thanks for telling me all that. 
that sounds really hard. It sounds like you've been going through a lot. I'm so sorry. Just something that shows them that we heard them. One of my favorite quotes is from um, Theodore Roosevelt. And he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. So you have to tell them, you know, thank you, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry. It doesn't need to be anything super complex, but just a quick acknowledgement of what they've shared can really um, do, gosh, I mean, more than you'll ever know. I think, I think we all miss that. I know I certainly do. I've never even thought of that or even heard of it. Yeah. Wow. That is powerful. What's the last one? So, so those are the, the listen and acknowledge are the first two steps. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I said, in a lot of conversations, if this is, you know, a quick conversation with a neighbor at the dog park, you can do those two things. You're great. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. if somebody is coming to you for help in a work situation, or even if it's a, right. a or something where they're really looking for support, there's three other steps. And those are share information. One of the hardest things okay. about um, going through a traumatic experience is the loss of control. So any information we can share back with them about the event or the process going forward, whatever it is, can be useful. So share information, empower with resources. And I use the word empower on purpose because I want to make clear that we are empowering them. We're not taking over for them. A lot of us are fixers. You know, I have that tendency myself. Like if I see somebody struggling, I'm like, ooh, we're going to come up with a plan and I'm going to like I'm gonna, yeah, gonna yeah. fix this problem we have to like, just, like yeah just I like, don't really need to be fixed I just need to get through this and, <laughs> oh, exactly. yeah exactly yeah. so just you know start with how can I help and then hand them the resources if they want a recommendation for a therapist or that meal train or whatever it is like give them some resources and then let them decide how to use it because we want them to be empowered mm -hmm. And then the final step is return and return is both like literally return to the person, just check in later. And I actually calendar oh. these, um, you know, mm. check in on, you know, Jane and ask how her mom is doing. And I just um, will send a quick text or an email or something. How are mm. you doing? That is such a good idea, Catherine. Cause like, I think, I think a lot of it, what we do, and I, I'm pretty certain this is what I do. As you do like maybe the first three, forget the th the fifth, the fourth, and don't bother checking in later on because <laughs> you think your job's done, right? Like, but I think the check-in and I've, um, a, a friend of mine, she does really, really good job of that, you know, because she's always saying like, you know, like I heard, you know, something's happening to my friend and I talked to them and then, you know, it's like the check-in and she's like, I always like, following up, following up. And it's like, how do you remember that? And I just don't even, God, put it in your calendar. Yeah. The simplest thing to do. Because you think in the moment, you think, of course, like I will never forget to check in on him because we've had this really powerful conversation. Mm -hmm. and I'm so concerned about him. You just figure like, of course, I'm not going to forget to check in, but all of us are busy. Like our lives do. So just go easy on yourself, like set a little reminder for two weeks, like just check in and see how Jake is doing or whatever. Oh, I love that so much because, you know, you have so many, so many friends, like just things happening to them. And, um, 
and yeah, you just like, oh, in the moment, and then you're sending their your love and like, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm sure there's a point where this person doesn't hear from anybody <laughs> after like in a month's time, you know, it's just like, but you could be that person to uh, send that check-in. And I think that is so powerful, really. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, when something tragic happens, so imagine there is some horrific accident and there's hospitalization and there's right. a lot of attention and people are making meals and they're bringing gifts and everybody's checking in, sending cards, all of that. But it's a month, two months yeah. online when um, sometimes the need might be even greater. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because like there's always that the height from the event, the coming down. And, you know, like if when somebody's dealing with something that's traumatic to them, then they have to deal with it. You know, like the whole, you know, the denial, the anger, like the whole, you know, that, that process, what it, do you have, what is, do you know that you must know that process yeah. of like dealing with the trauma? Like those, the different yeah, levels like that people go through and the guilt and all of that, exactly. The anger, yeah. the acceptance, yeah. you so know, and working through those. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I could always use a little pick me up note. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing that. Oh, oh, thank you. Cause you know, you think of the times where you're like, you send all the well wishes when it happens, then you go visit. And then you're like, Oh, you know, like you said, your life gets busy yeah. and, and it's months down the road where I think it's the, just the hardest mm-hmm. for some people, depending on what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be so meaningful for people to have that check in later. And I mean, honestly, you you just never know the effect of that. I've read a study that said they um, they looked at people who had attempted suicide and Mm -hmm. um, they just did a study where for a portion of them, 30 days later, somebody just called them and said, how are you doing? And the rates of repeated attempt went way down just from that that phone call after 30 days I mean isn't that incredible to think it's such a quick easy thing to just send a text or give a quick call to somebody you just never know the impact so you know I don't say that to make everybody feel like oh god it's my fault if you know (laughs) if I'm so terrible because I'm not constantly checking (laughs) in on everybody but just try to make it easy on yourself and um and also forgive yourself too I mean so one of the things I talk about in the book as being part of return that final step five is a return to ourselves recognizing that supporting other people takes a toll on us too um you know what they're that feeling that contagion effect that I talked about earlier mm-hmm. where um, your feelings um, you catch a little bit of the emotion of the people that you're interacting with that's called secondary trauma um, and it's something that can have a huge effect on our mental and physical health um, when we are interacting with people in trauma and what can happen is slowly over time, we suffer from what's called compassion fatigue. That's the repeatedly, oh. you know, supporting people around us who have really great needs. And certainly there can be a lot right now all around us. So we can start to succumb to compassion fatigue and compassion fatigue is most noticeable in um, shorter tempers 
less patience and apathy. So suddenly people just, you can hear a story and just think, oh, there's another one, right? Oh God, uh -huh. yet again, right? That kind of reaction is a sign yeah. of fatigue, as is um, shorter tempers. There was a guy that I worked with at the Justice Department for a long time who was a prosecutor who did child exploitation cases. So just these mm -hmm. really, really hard mm -hmm. cases. It was this wonderful guy, very you know professional and smart and mm -hmm. empathetic. And we worked together for a little while and then the project ended and I didn't see him for maybe five years. And when we came back together again, he was like a different person. Suddenly he was like, like any little hiccup in the project. And he was like, ah, like, of course, you know, of course that's going to happen. And I was like, this is kind of not that big a deal. Like, I don't know why you're getting so mad. He was swearing a lot more. I was just like, this is not the guy I knew. And I realized he was suffering from compassion fatigue all those years of doing those cases. And I think, here's the thing. I think if I had been working with him every day, I wouldn't have noticed it because it's so gradual. Oh, but wow. I can imagine it yeah. wears on you. It has yeah, to. Absolutely. So it's, mm. it's tricky. It's hard to notice it. Um, and so it's those things like shorter temper, just trying to kind of notice those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the advice that I give in the book um, is to like with a lot of things, right? The the best um, defense is a good offense. So just affirmatively try to protect yourself. And for that, um, trying to have some sort of daily routine of like a reset or self-care. Cycling is great. Physical activity yeah. in general is great. Mm -hmm. If you are injured or there's some reason that's not available to you, other things that are great are um, any kind of prayer or mindfulness is really good or art. Art is also a really good one. And you don't have to be a good artist. I'm a terrible artist. You can I'll color. Just, there's yeah, lots of coloring books out there. I do the same thing. I'll sit by the fire and just color. I, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe I start doing that too, because I don't know if you noticed, but um, in the recent like year or two, or maybe it's in three more adult coloring books coming out. Yes. Yeah. Did you take it? I'm just like, when did this happen? <laughs> like, like the Mandela's. Be so happy because I that was yeah. always my favorite thing as a kid. I was like, oh, I'm allowed to do it again, and it's not going to be like Donald Duck or <laughs> like I can I can I like give myself permission to like sit and color and I get to, like nice crayons. <laughs> exactly. And I don't have to show it to anybody. It's not for anybody else. This is just for me. So whatever it is, having some sort of daily reset. And I've got to say, especially over the holidays, my gosh, there's so much. Mm, let's talk about that. Yeah. Over the holidays, we want to make it nice for everybody else. We, you know, it's hard in any year because a lot of people associate holidays with loss and um, with, you know, gosh, we overeat, we don't get as much exercise as we want, all of those things contribute. Mm. But then on top of it this year, so many people are suffering losses due to COVID and right. um, there's the added stress of, I don't know, is it okay for me to gather with friends and family, all of that, you know, are they vaccinated or not, all of that stuff is is really adding to the stress so i think especially right now it's so important that we literally calendar like build in chunks of time where you're not answering to anybody else you're just going to give yourself permission to have a reset 
it really will make you so much better for everybody else that you want to be taking care of. You know, I mean, yeah, I think this, like, I find myself a pretty strong willed person and like, okay, like, you know, this thing, I can deal with it. I've got all my, my things in place, my, my physical fitness, my cycling, my community, like my, my team, you know, and I'm really fortunate to have that, to allow that, but it's starting to wear. And this whole thing between, you know, the vax, non-vax and, and just like, it's now it's really, really wearing on me. And I know this, I know to our listeners, like, this is not what you're, (laughs) you don't want to talk about cycling, but we're all affected. And, and, and I, like, I was just talking to my kids today. I'm like, Hey, wouldn't it be great to have a Christmas party? You know, like, let's ask friends if they are, if, we had one, would they come? Because that like everybody's comfort level is different. Right. And I'm just like, I just want to get together with friends. I'm starting to die here. Right. <laughs> and, and I think, I think we're all, I think I have a feeling we're all kind of getting to that point where, you know, it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, like no, really been a long time. We've been we've been doing this for a really long time now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've been sitting in your office lonely for a long time. Yeah. I've been sitting here. Absolutely. I'm used to it, but but it's just taken a different level. Like I used to be able to go out for coffee. I'm sure you too. You know, like yeah. meetings outside, and you get to drive to the city. Or you know. yes, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I was um, I was actually just reading an article that had some great ideas about how to connect with people over the holidays. Oh my gosh, share them. Do you remember yeah, some of them? Yeah, I do. There were some really good ones. Um, you know, with that, like we normally throw a big um, open house for Christmas with an neighbors, yeah. and we have, you know, a hundred people in the house. Obviously can't do that this year. So um, some other things that um, people do is they say, meet up with your, your team or your friends, you know, whatever mm. it is. Yeah outside somewhere and do something like a lights display together where you're you're outside and obviously cycling you can do that but maybe you want to invite your your family members and normally you would do that Mm -hmm. see if you can do it outside somewhere you could do sledding or you know something where people are together but they're outside Mm -hmm. it's a little bit safer another one I good idea yeah was they suggested doing um a holiday music playlist on Spotify where everybody on the team like contributes a song. Oh, and then I can oh, totally I gotta write these down. Hold on. Doing a, <laughs> going out cycling together and all like singing along. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can do that. You can have everybody contribute to the playlist. Mm-hmm. Mm, that exactly. could get interesting. Yeah, and so you have this chance of where you're bonding together um, without everybody being in a space and, and being concerned about being unsafe and kids being unvaccinated or whatever. You know, we just have to be creative in this time. It's okay. Not- do you have any more? Do you remember any more, Catherine? <laughs> so, yeah, so they also suggested doing like a secret Santa or. Um, you know, having people give each other little little gifts that you could leave um, at somebody's house, and um, I—that's what I, we're doing this year. So instead of our big um, 
neighbor open house where I'm looking right. um, oh. for everybody and I'm going to drop it off at their house and say, thinking of you, hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. So yeah, just finding other ways where you can show people that you care and that you're grateful for them without being concerned about making people unsafe. Oh, you know, I was just thinking to take it to another level instead of like doing one for like, so back to the team thing, if you're local, sometimes you're not local, maybe you can, you could send something, but um, having everybody put their name in who want to participate and then every, then there's like a random draw. So I would get somebody's name and I would do something and I would leave it at their door. So it's like, everybody's like leaving one person, something at their door um and then you don't have to worry about doing it for everybody you just have one address <laughs> and you get like and you have to you know drop it by this date and oh you know what I might might suggest something like that to yeah, our club it, even if you are not in the same city you could do it just by sending things like through yeah Amazon or something. We did that with a group of friends um, over COVID where we all, we um, were in a supper club. We all made a meal together and I sent everybody, one of the key ingredients was this like hot honey. Have you ever had that before? No, hot <laughs> honey. Hot honey. It's really good. It's called Mike's Hot Honey. <laughs> and of so course. I, I sent everybody a thing of the hot honey and a recipe. And so we all had, you know, a Zoom dinner party together with that. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of things that we can do to just build these opportunities for community and in safe ways and fun ways. Yeah. I like those. Do you have any more you remember? (laughs) I'm like, come on, everybody. Pick one of these and do it for the holidays. Well, the other thing um, I did with a group of friends last year was um, we did a sing-along um, holiday carols. We actually did the the DC Gay Men's Chorus, did this fabulous <laughs> sing-along. And, um, you know, I got everybody tickets. They all, you know, everybody kind of picked the date that we would all do it together. We all started watching it together. And then we all sang along and danced. And it was so much fun. <laughs> Oh, cool. So that's not part of the list, but that's something that you did. Yeah, something we did, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that sounds detailed. I can have to get. <laughs> oh, I like this. Yeah, and I'm happy to, I can share with you the article if people want to take a look. So maybe we could put well, it in yes. the show notes. Yeah, send, yes. okay. send it to me. I'll uh, put it in the show notes so everybody can access this. And I'm sure you don't have to do this for Christmas. Everybody you can always yeah. like organize this at any point in time. One thing we did last year and, you know, getting something in the mail is really nice. I remember when, and this is probably about 20 years ago, you used to get about 30 Christmas cards. Now I'd be lucky to get 10, you know, um, we still send them out to, you know, family and friends that we still have addresses for, but you know what? Sending a Christmas card is so nice, you know, with like maybe a little photo or something or like a, you don't have to get, you know, even, even if you don't want to do that, but we always send like a family thing or maybe a little write up or, um, but uh, that is always appreciated too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another one that doesn't have to be um, Christmas specific. I've done them before mm-hmm. for friends on Valentine's Day, just a little Valentine's card or, yeah, you know, whatever it is that might be a fun occasion for people. Um, really, the, the point is just finding ways to show your appreciation for the people who are giving mm-hmm. you a lot in your life that are really adding to um, to your experience here on earth, looking for ways to show them that they matter to you. Yeah, that's one thing we did last year. We started with our club. We'd send like a Christmas card. And, you know, a lot of people just appreciate that. They're like, oh my God, you know? Um, so, but any other, because we're talking about self-care, we've taken it away. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, now it's getting light. I'm getting happy now. <laughs> but um, Catherine has so many, so she has those five, um, five, steps to helping someone or yourself through some trauma um and like I said it can be anything and we're you know being cycling we talk about family and loss and um and teammates and things like that so I will add her um probably Amazon I imagine it's on Amazon mm-hmm. yeah the link there um so if that's something that you think might really help you pick it up, go to Catherine's podcast. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you can add um, before we, we finish up? Yeah, absolutely. If people are interested in the book and want to check it out, you can, if you go to my website, which is Catherine you can download the first chapter and see what you think. You oh, the, um, the table of contents there and just see if it might be something that is interesting to you. Another thing that I uh, started doing a few months ago that I've really enjoyed is on the second Friday of every month at noon Eastern, we do a a conversation. I call it Fridays Together. And it's just a chance to kind of connect with people and talk about how we're supporting ourselves through hard times. And it's been just a really wonderful chance. We've talked about, you know, little like easy ways to bring more joy into our lives or, you know, our feelings around um, having so much anger in the air. Like, what are the things that we're doing to kind of take care of ourselves? Um, So if you want to learn more about that, if you go to fridaystogether.com, you'll see a little bit more. Okay. Is that, is there a link on your website as well to that or is it? Yeah, absolutely. Or it's its own website, fridaystogether.com and it's all free. Just sign up and I'll send you the link. Oh, together, put that down everybody.com. And you're going to continue that in the new year. Yep, absolutely. Do you have anything in the new year that you're putting together as per projects? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing um, a lot of training programs for people. I do one hour um, webinars on those five steps. And I also do a longer training program that's a five hour one. So if you know um, an organization or um, any kind of entity that would appreciate that kind of training, I do a lot of that training. Um, I'm also doing a lot of keynote speaking right now. And I have recently recently started doing coaching. um, for leaders who want to up their empathy, because it really is the key to success on so many different levels. A little bit of emotion. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Makes such a difference, especially now with the great <laughs> resignation, people leaving. That's what people, why, why people are leaving is they feel like they're not getting supported in their organizations. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of anger out there. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I was just, we we're just talking amongst uh, some neighbors here and, um, you know, I know everybody's under pressure and stress and, and things are slowing down. You know, we we're just talking about, you know, service in restaurants and, uh, uh, you know, short tempers and you got people who are there and being abused by <laughs> patrons, you know, young kids who, who are getting into the workforce and they're like, is this what it's all about? You know, it, it's <laughs> like everybody just needs to like slow down. Absolutely. Um, and, and realize that, um, you know, things aren't happening as fast. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I was in, so I was in the, the lineup at Tim Hortons, one of the drive-thrus, and it was taking so long, like really long time. And my, my son's like, you should honk the horn. I'm like, I'm not going to honk the horn in a drive-thru. And then somebody honked the horn behind us. We're like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> And we're just like, okay, it can't come down to this. Like, right. seriously, I don't, we have no idea what's happening. We're inside. losing it here in line at the Tim Hortons. Like, this is not good. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, so, cause we just know that understaffed, like everything is just, it's, there's a quantum shift that is happening for everything. Yeah. And everybody just needs to take a chill pill, I think. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, when you leave your house, <laughs> there's no, there's no fast anything these days. <laughs> you need to go to a third world country to realize that yeah. nothing's, nothing's uh, <laughs> happening on time. I know. So. I feel like it's maybe a great opportunity for us to really seriously. I would like to think, think. so. Yeah. Yeah maybe just slow down notice the people around you take a deep breath um uh -huh. be productive every single moment of every single day like take a second to just connect with the people around you and and feel like that's enough yeah i know i thought i thought that this would be that thing but you know we were just so programmed before this to get everything quick 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 and then everything just halted to a grind like a stop and then and now we're all just like adjusting and some maybe not so much at others, but anyway, <laughs> how we digress off of this topic, but, but it's true. And, and maybe if you're listening, you might've been like, oh yeah, maybe I was one of those people in the lineup sitting there going, oh my God, so much longer. And then you go inside and you don't even get the attention you need because you're dealing with like the drive-through yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. but yeah. But I commend you, Catherine, for being in this position and coaching on this topic. <laughs> I'm sure you must have some some methods to keep you basically saying that so you can give 100 percent. And I don't know if you want to share one or two of those before we end, because I am actually curious how you keep your cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because... Totally. So um on the you know best defense is a good offense thing the things that i do every day i do a little bit of yoga and a little bit of meditation those are mm -hmm. the 
the things that are um, my daily reset. Um, I also, I, this is not something I've always been good at, but I try to talk about things in the moment when they're bothering me. Right. Don't mm-hmm. just push it down, um, figure out a way to talk about it, even if it's just writing in a journal, just, or, you know, scribbling because I'm angry, whatever it is. Sometimes I get in the car and just yell. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're alone in the car. I can just yell my head off about something that's making me mad, but just find a way to vent your feelings. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last thing I do is um, know my warning signs, know the signs oh. that I'm like starting to kind of go off the rails a little bit. Um, I, I do like I give myself a little rating of one to six and one is like I'm having a fabulous day and six is like oh my gosh my head is about to explode so usually I'm at like a a two or three but if I take it just second and notice wow I'm up to like a four maybe a five that is like okay you need to just take a quick walk do a a moment Uh of breathing whatever it is like just walk away in this moment um Another thing that is helpful for me in terms of noticing um, when I'm starting to go off the rails is when things that are normally fun start to feel like work. Oh, like, um, like I really love throwing dinner parties. That's, you know, something I've always loved. I love cooking. I love having friends around a table. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a dinner party and all I can think is, oh God, I have to clean the house and I have to go shopping and I hate this. Like, okay, <laughs> there's clearly something going on because I should be excited about that. Um, In the moment. Yeah. yeah. So just noticing those things tends to help me. Another thing I think is useful if, if people are um, suffering from any kind of addiction, that's another thing that will kind of tap you on the shoulder in those moments where you're really starting to, to go down a little bit. So just noticing mm-hmm. that. Um, another common one is skipping your daily reset. So if your daily reset mm-hmm. is that you go for a ride, you know, for however many miles every day, and you start to think like, maybe I'll cut it in half today, or maybe I'll just skip this one. Mm. That's often a really good sign. It's it's like the first thing that goes. One of my favorite um, quotes is, there's this Buddhist quote that says, every day you should sit in meditation for 30 minutes, unless you're too busy, and then you should sit for an hour. <laughs> So really that moment where you think like, oh, I'm just going to skip this just today because I'm so busy. That is your sign. You need to double down on it. <laughs> yeah, I skip my early morning wake up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hang in bed. You know, I, maybe I need the extra sleep. And then I'm like, no, I need to go down there and take care of like a little bit of journaling, mm-hmm. uh, enjoying my you know, my water, you know, and just maybe take care of some emails before everybody gets, and I didn't do it. And I'm like, and then I'm like thinking about tonight. I'm like, ugh, do I want to get on my bike? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, and and it's just, I know it's the way I'm feeling right now. Like, I just feel like shit. And I, I'm like, really like my stomach is knotted up. I'm feeling anxious. Um, I wanted to, to cancel this interview <laughs> you know what I mean like I was just yeah. like oh. right I need to take yeah. a breath yeah. so I'm like and and I hate I hate like rescheduling things mm-hmm. and there's things I know I need to do and I'm just like fuck I don't want to do them and I'm just like that's how I feel right now 
Yeah. <laughs> but you know, right? Like you already mm-hmm. know, these are the things that I have to do to keep myself on balance. Mm-hmm. And so it's just recommitting to it, right? Like you're, you're in a better position than a lot of people. Cause a lot of people don't have all of those routines already. They don't have the yeah. exercise. They don't have the eating healthy, the support networks around them. Mm-hmm. It's great that you already have those things. So then it's just recommitting to it and know that it might be hard for the first couple days, but you'll start yeah. to feel better after. Cause I think I'm going to call my friend right after and say, Hey, do you want to ride together tonight? Yeah. And, and the best thing for me is that it's, it's like scheduled in, you know, like I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every morning, seven 30 for someone like, cause I have a membership. So I have people sign up and, and if it honestly, Catherine, if it was not there, it would not happen, even though I need to. And I, I set myself up for this intentionally because I know that if it's not there, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, it's hard enough being at home all the time, but working out at home too. And I know not a lot of people feel that way. You know, it's just like, oh, I just want to leave my house. I go, but yeah, where the fuck are you going to go? Like, right. where, you know, especially in the winter where? time, <laughs> yeah. especially in the winter. So, you know, it's, and, um, you know, I'm like, so that's why, you know, I, I have to get up and I have to do this. And I know that I'm going to feel better after the fact and like getting on my bike is another thing. And I'm, you know, maybe our listeners, some of you are feeling that way, you know, um, and it's just so easy to, nah, I'll do it tomorrow. Doing it tomorrow, that famous word, I'll just do it tomorrow. And it, tomorrow, like, I'll just, now nah, do it tomorrow. Maybe I'll do it on Friday, <laughs> you know? And then the whole week passes and you're just like, why do I feel like crap? Um, yeah, so I, I think like, this this podcast is timely for reason and we're here and we've connected and you know how we actually got connected everybody is that we're in a mastermind together and um you know I reached out to to Catherine just to talk to her about what she does and that's what happens in mastermind that we're there to connect and network otherwise don't join these things (laughs) but um but yeah so and if you have to put yourself into something like that, pay for it. It, you know, if, you know, when you pay for something, you show up for something. Absolutely. Because, you know, um, so, so with that, yeah, I don't know if I took your last words. Not at all. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so grateful that we were able to have this conversation today. Yeah. I feel like it was exactly what I needed to just a reminder of the importance of that reset, um, show up for ourselves first and then for mm-hmm. the people around us and always, you know, forgiveness and just get back on that bike. <laughs> yeah. Just get back on the bike. And like you said, if you have somebody who needs your help, you know, go to these five steps and make sure that you're serving that person. I'm going to make sure I'm serving her <laughs> instead of like going there and you know, being a a blubbering mess, but, um, yeah. So yeah, these are great. These are great. Catherine. I love them. I love them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the holidays and happy new year.
Thanks a lot for showing up, everybody, and to our, our guests, our listeners, uh, our guests, our guests, Catherine, you, the listeners. Um, we all wish you a happy holidays, and I hope you take some of these things. Go check out her book, her first chapter, check out her podcast episodes, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.